Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Today joining us, we have our opening kill, the costume designer from Scream, Cynthia Bergstrom. Hello, Cynthia. Hi, hi. Uh, it's so good to talk to you again, because we recorded about Buffy, because you have done two very iconic, very big to a lot of gay men, which I'm sure you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first question I have to ask you, I don't know if you saw recently on her show, she had Michelle Pfeiffer on and she said that she wanted that wig because it reminded her of Michelle Pfeiffer in, Zach, was it Taxi Driver? Scarface? Scar Scarface, Scarface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that, but if Drew says that <laughs> she went with the wig, then that's the reason she went with the wig. It was, a, it was a hot debate the other night when we were all going through it, you know? Some people said it was Wes, some people said it was Drew. Uh, the gays will find anything to kind of go over. <laughs> in detail I, do, I do remember it specifically being Drew. Like, okay. and, I, and I did go to the wig maker with her. Oh. Um, and I feel like the wigs, wig maker's name was Renata, but it was 25 years ago. So mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, I feel like Drew had a real vision for the wig. And, and I don't remember too much of Wes's input. Um Except, you know, he wanted her cute and accessible and and uh, wholesome. Okay. What about vision for her outfit in that? Does she have input in that? Or is that something that you just pull initially? You give her maybe a couple of looks or do you just give her that one look? Um, no, I mean, she. we definitely had a huge fitting and there were a lot of different choices. Mm. And... Um, uh, you know, from different sweaters and different pants. And um, the pants, which were Catherine Hammett, who is a British designer, I to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if she's around, but um, the pants were just like this soft brushed cotton and that lavender color, that lilac color just really worked, you know, sort of like she was gonna have a romantic evening watching scary movies with her football playing boyfriend, um, and eating popcorn and then the the cozy the one thing is she really wanted the sweater to be cozy and i remember she loved the one um that we went with uh because of the sleeves the sleeves were like long and covered her hands and she liked that look for making the popcorn over the stove um and of course i loved it all i pulled it and it was definitely my vision so um yeah. i mean i remember we even talked about bras what, yeah. what bra she was gonna wear and i mean <laughs> I don't even think we saw a bra either, so that's so interesting you don't that you see went it, down. But yeah. it's the foundation of one's out a woman's outfit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, you know, I always find like the alternates and the sort of behind the scenes little tidbits so fascinating. So, were there any? I don't know. Were there any alternates that are like maybe backups that uh, kind of stick out in your mind that you think could have been good had that not been the outfit? No, because I think like. Like it, it was this combination from the beginning. Mm. I mean, I so we had the fitting at Wes's house, and so Wes was there. Um, my assistant was there, Cindy Rosenthal Dragon. Um, Marianne was there. I think that was it. And you know, I brought in maybe two racks of clothing, and 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 that outfit was just it. I don't remember the other pieces. Mm. I think. Um, 
we all just agreed that that was the perfect outfit. You know, we wanted, we did we wanted, we wanted it to look a little bit like loungewear and we also needed the colors to be somewhat light because yeah. you know, there was a lot of blood that we wanted to show. I didn't want to show, Wes wanted to show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the outfit also did like really bake into the, it, it fit into her surroundings really well too, because when we opened that scene, it is her in like the safety of her house. We were talking about this the other day, that the safety of her house, you know, it's all light and bright in there. Outside it's kind of dark and smoky, but uh, she's got this barrier between her and any danger that's out there right and her outfit really does kind of add to that and uh it just gets dirtier and dirtier as she kind of goes through these different levels of terror you know as she's like going down in the grass and it's getting all like those color choices really did work so perfectly because you can see the kind of in a 10 15 minute scene you can see it getting dirtier and the grass stains and the blood and like it works really well thanks you know i also um it was important that it, it be uh, like natural fibers. So the pants were cotton, the sweater I think was a linen cotton blend because that helps um, the dirt and the blood, fake dirt and the blood and the fake blood stay on. And um, it just makes it easier all around. That's interesting. But so um, <clears throat> you styled a lot of big celebrities. That's not the norm, right? You're not like taking that much effort into one character, right? Or is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, you know, so so it starts from reading the script and I I see who each character is and I make my notes and, you know, maybe some prelimi preliminary sketches and tear sheets and mood boards and I get a feel for who they are. And then from, from there, um, I talk about it with the director. I, sh I present to him or her what, what I have in mind. They're going to tell me probably even before I do that, what they have in mind, um, and then present it to the actor. But first I wanna hear from the actor. I wanna, I wanna hear their input, how they see the character. If we're worlds apart, so it's my job to kind of like, how can I weave all of this together and allow for magic to take place? So yeah, it is, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit on television, um, not so much with Buffy, but some of the other shows, maybe not so much consideration was it became more like a factory right yeah. um, and 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 i would have their closets built i'd bring them in for a fitting and we'd fit maybe um all the new outfits that i bought and then they would sit in their closet so then uh by the time we came to shoot i'd say okay we're gonna go with this we're gonna go with this we're gonna go with this you cool cool great it, it just was very systematic and very efficient. That's TV because you're moving so quickly. And um, with a movie, it's a little bit different. There's definitely more discussion when you're shooting a movie. Okay, that makes more, I, I guess I spend so much time talking about TV on my on Slayer Fest 98, but I'm so used to it being like, you gotta rush, you gotta go, like you don't have time yeah. to like. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was something that was really interesting because I hadn't done TV before Buffy. Okay. And uh, I came off Scream and I think two other movies. And then I started doing Buffy and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it moved so fast. And I just felt like I was trying so hard to keep the walls up. And, <laughs> and um, I, we had to fit, my team and I, we had to figure out really efficient ways of being, which we did. And then it became like a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. 
What yeah, happens I mean, to those? Okay, go for it, Ian. No, go ahead, go ahead. What happens to the costumes? I want to know what, like, do you ever get to take any of those? Did you get to keep the Casey Becker costume and shove it in a little, like, Ziploc bag? And... If you're not allowed to tell us, you can tell us afterwards. <laughs> I think it's totally fine to talk about it all these years later. So, yeah, I mean, I, I took one of the, the Ghostface costumes. I had um, one of Casey's outfits. The pants didn't look good on me. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't. She's definitely smaller than me, but I, I, I think there was a pair on my size. They just didn't work on me, but I had one of those sweaters. Um, I had some of Gail's clothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of it and I still have Gail's jewelry. Are you wearing it right now? What is that? Oh my goodness. Exclusive. <laughs> I've been wearing this for 25 years. I mean, there was a, there was a period like, you know, maybe in the 2000s, I took it off and I stopped wearing it. And I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm tired of it. And then I was like, oh my God, I love it so much. I, I want, I couldn't find a necklace that I liked. I found earrings that I liked, but they kept breaking. So I was like, keeping this. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I always love hearing like what people kept and what they were like, because sometimes you're allowed to, right? Sometimes you kind of just fudge it and they just don't care, right? Sometimes you're not allowed to. I mean, there, there were, I, I do remember <laughs> those like the producer saying to the actors, take this because we have, I mean, we typically have to put everything in storage and save it, um, bag it up and because and, and, we might need to do reshoots so that we still have the costume. So after, after everything's in the can and um, the, the film has been released, then I mean, the, the clothing is still in storage and and a lot of times it goes into the warehouses for rentals or they sell it. And I don't know what they did with all the screen pieces. So many people over the years have ended up purchasing pieces from Scream. I'm like, where'd you get that? <laughs> do you think um, do you think it's it's a a little bit more under lock and key now because because like you know back then you don't really you don't really know what what's the lightning in the bottle you don't know what's going to be so successful so all of these pieces from scream are worth like so much money now right yeah. so yeah. i wonder if nowadays with a sort of we we look through a, a nostalgic lens anyway if everybody's kind of pre-thinking hey this could be something uh, maybe check that log a little bit a little bit better do you think do you think that might be the case or sure sure you, you know um i've been out of the business for about seven years mm. so i'm not entirely sure but um i would imagine yeah. like like wouldn't people want stuff from star wars I, a friend of mine today was telling me how um george lucas who doesn't live far from where i live has a warehouse of all the props from the star wars movies and people geek out over that. You guys know this. People yeah. geek out over that stuff. So I, I think, I think, I don't know. That's a really great, great question to ask a producer. Yeah, <laughs> I would really like to know that. Because even speaking of Star Wars, like that first movie, they didn't know what they had, right? It was like yeah. a, a low budget, like just weird sci-fi movie that they were making. And there were so many of those props, like the Death Star ended up as a, as a trash can, you know? Like somebody's trash can outside of a gas station. Um and so it's it's crazy, like what really ends up catching on, because I could imagine like Casey Becker's opening scream outfit, right? Like would go for so much money now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we just did a um, live scream live show in New York at Stonewall, and 
we had a drag queen did Casey Becker drag and I'll, I'll show you later. It is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'd love to see it. <laughs> um, so also I was, I, I mean, you and I have spoken about this a little bit on Slayer Fest. Uh, you did originally make a ghost face costume, right? There was one that was made that was different, right? Uh, um, what do you mean different? Like, didn't you tell me that you made like a white one, but then you decided, you guys decided to go with like the yeah. sore costume? Yeah. So originally, um, Wes wanted the ghost face. Well, he wasn't called ghost face then. He was just called the guilt, the killer. He wanted it to be white. And um, we hadn't found the mask yet. And all of us were coming up with different ideas for the mask. Um, I was convinced I was going to be the one that delivered the mask. I didn't, but I got to deliver the costume. So, so he wanted it white and he wanted it to be like this sort of cheap, nylon ripstop fabric well he didn't really indicate the fabric too much but he wanted the fabric to be um so he wanted it to look like it was bought from a dime store costume shop and so, and so you know i made up a couple of prototypes in white and um even though my original sketch i made the costume black because i always saw the the killer as the grim reaper and um so, so what we put a friend of mine in the costume because he was a big guy. We stuck him in the bushes. All of us were out there watching him run around with a knife and this, and he looked like Casper and we just kept laughing. We thought it was very funny. And, you know, I was like, Wes, we, we just can't do white. And he was so adamant he wanted white. And so we were up in Northern California. Uh, we had left LA and, and we were just getting ready to uh, shoot. We had maybe a week or two and um, we were on a location scout and there was um, the DP that saw this fabric, this black fabric with this silver metallic Lurex thread running through it and the sun was hitting it just perfectly. And he was like, this would be great for the killer. And lo and behold, that became the fabric for the costume. I was like, yes, it's black. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine the white, I, I can understand what he was going for, but yeah, I feel like I can't imagine it being as intimidating in white because you see it so like clearly. I feel like originally he didn't want it intimidating. Like mm -hmm. he didn't want it scary and that might've been part of it. But then also if it, if it was white, it would have been really challenging to control the blood splatter and yeah so anyway we were I, I we were just all so happy that we found this fabric you know i read an interview you did with nylon this year about talking about that fabric and when i was younger like as i got older i realized it wasn't but when i was younger i totally thought ghostface had glitter in his costume with how it like shined the light yeah and i remember being like oh that's cool they like put some glitter on the they like you know are like gaying it up a little bit good for them but it's just like <laughs> it is like what do you say like latex or whatever i guess lyrex lyrex okay it's like, it's like a metallic thread or i mean i haven't seen the fabric in years but um it was it was a beautiful fabric and then i guess like i bought it all up used it all up and then i don't know what they did for the next series of films be kind of interesting to know. And even the um, TV show, which I yeah. haven't watched, but. Yeah. yeah. Um, with um, styling her football player boyfriend, um, I'm always curious with those jackets, because I know sometimes you can like, costume folks can just rent a like, 
you know, football color, or is that something you had to have like made in like whatever colors for whatever you were deciding for their school? You know, like, so I, I don't have real clear recollection, um, but I feel like I did have those made and it's really easy to get varsity jackets made. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, at different costume houses in Los Angeles. So uh, I'm pretty sure we picked the colors. Um, I think his name had to be embroidered. Mm. I'm not hundred percent certain of that, but yeah, I definitely wanted control over that. How many of something like that do you have to get since it's like, there is the shot of him just tied up and then the shot of his guts everywhere. Like, <laughs> I think, I think maybe we had two. Okay. I mean, make more sense going... What, Zach? I, oh, no, I said that would just make more sense, right? Because you wouldn't yeah. need all that many for him. No, not for him. And um, I feel like kind of like there may have been a stunt double. And then I think there were a few guys through throughout the school wearing varsity jackets. Hmm. So I'm pretty sure I had a handful made up. But so then, uh, I don't know why I didn't ask this earlier, with Drew, how many did you have to have of that? Because so everything's so light. I, I would imagine at least six to eight pieces, you know, for the different stages yeah. and for stunt person. Huh. Is it, so I, I, in the interview with Nylon, you mentioned talking about like the squibs. Is that a pain in the ass being like, oh, we gotta remember, they gotta also be able to like get stabbed and bleed everywhere. Or is that kind of like, you don't, doesn't have to bother you about it? Um, no, it's not a pain in the ass, yes. It's something that has to be taken under consideration. You know, the weight of the fabric, like can it hold a squib? Um, what's she going to wear underneath to protect her skin against the appliance? So yeah, it's not a pain in the ass. And yes, I take it into consideration. So talk about styling Sydney, because, you know, she does wear a couple of different outfits until the end. Um, and she does, but it was of the time. Um, you know, for part one, you mentioned Drew liked the longer sleeves. Yeah as a kid from the 90s like I still do that like when I have a hoodie I like the sleeves to come out a little bit yeah. um and Nev kind of in her first scene is kind of wearing like a more like baggier comfy sweater um was that kind of like to parallel like she might die or like or was it just like the style um I you know it's funny because I look back at at her wardrobe choices now and um I think, boy, I, I really had her covered up. And, uh, and, I, and I think that was just because of what she was going through, you know, with the, the murder of her mother and, um, you know, wasn't her mom was accused of having an affair. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, just a lot of shame. And, and I, think, I think when we're first introduced to Sydney, she's sort of just like hiding herself a bit. And, but she's also got this budding sexuality that's, that's blooming and she's curious. And so, so I do think boyfriend jeans and, and boyfriend sweaters were of the time. Um, I, I feel like they really were. And, you know, as, as we progress through the film, we, we see, uh, you know, she's showing a bit of her, her body. And by the time she gets to the party, she's got a deeper, um, decolleta, you know, she's got a lower cut V-top. I think it's the V and her pants are tighter and she's got heels on. So she's rocking it. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. What yeah. about what about other horror movies? Did, did you guys really look into other horror movies and other like Final Girls and 
project any of that style onto Sydney, considering she is the final girl of this? I didn't. Mm. You know, I wanted her to be completely her own, her own identity and That's... have her own style. That and is really that was also important. Yeah, and that was also important too. Like, like Wes, the one, the one, one really strong piece of direction that he gave me is he said, I, "I want this movie to look timeless. I don't want them to look trendy." And there were some strong '90s trends going on at the time. And he said, "I, I just, I just want to stay away from that because who knows? Maybe people are still going to be watching this film 20, 30 years from now." <laughs> And, and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be really happy to, to see that that there's still so much interest and love. And I gotta, it's, I I feel like you, did you have fun doing Gail and Tatum? It feels like those characters would be fun for you to like the flashier ones. Gail definitely was. I mean, you, you know, from my first meeting, my first conversation with Courtney, you, you know, we just, we just were so eye to eye on, on, on who Gail was, and then she brought even more to Gail. Um, but but Gail was somebody who wants to be seen, who's bright, who's flashy, um, stylish, and I mean, it was fun to shop for Versace and yeah. um, uh, Moschino. I mean, those are the two that I really remember for her. And Tatum, um, Tatum, it was it was. She so Rose definitely had a different idea um, for me about the character, and so we just went shopping together. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, Dream, take them shopping. <laughs> but but for Gail, you put did you pull some pieces to like show Courtney? Oh yeah, we had a huge fitting. I mean, um, yeah. I I went yeah. Who had um, the biggest fitting out of all the characters? Was it was it? Her. I mean, probably. So, so Gail was fit in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and of course, when and and so my office was at Universal Studios in the wardrobe department, and so you have these beautiful fitting rooms, and you know I would put out a spread of, of food and drink and you know fruit and nibbles and things to keep their energy going, and um, there's just beautiful lighting and. And uh, the tailor is there, the seamstress, whoever. And, and, you know, it was a great experience. And she was familiar with it. And um, Lisa Kudrow walked by and came in and said hi. You know, so it was cool. It was like a real Hollywood moment. And, and definitely because I had pulled things from Neiman's and Barney's and Saks and worked with some designers and brought things in. I mean, it was a spectacular fitting the way I love to do fittings when when we got to and also um Drew's fitting was in LA obviously it was at Wes's so that was a great experience but the others were pretty much um fit in in Santa Rosa mm. where we shot in in the hotel and so it was a different vibe and 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 I was shopping for their clothes in Santa Rosa where I grew up as well oh, <laughs> and yes. I mean, we used to leave Santa Rosa and come into the city to go shopping or eat Walnut Creek, or maybe it was Concord. We didn't really have malls there, but um, there was a Macy's, there was a Gap. And when I was a kid, I worked at that Macy's. I, I, was, I was behind the cosmetics counter. Um, I think it was a little Clinique. And, and so that was kind of cool to go back and shop. And 
but that's where a lot of Sydney's clothes came from. And then, and then, and then Nordstrom as well. I mean, each fitting was equally relative and equally important. And, and um, there were always, Kathy Conrad and Maria Magdalena were always in the fittings. You know, they were watching everything, um, which was, was fine. I don't normally have producers in my fittings, but <laughs> it was fine. Um, You're being very fair. <laughs> and, then, and then Skeet, God bless him. I feel like his, his fitting was in his trailer right before we were getting ready to shoot. Oh shit! <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. And, you know, yeah. I always thought he wore, but he does wear the t-shirts. Are like slight, they're different t-shirts, right? I always thought he wore kind of the same thing, but like I realized in my most recent watch, oh, the one by the fountain isn't white. It's like a grayish, right? Like you got him a bunch of different t-shirts. There, there's a bunch of different t-shirts, um, a couple of overshirts, some of the jeans, and um, I feel like, like, like. Like I had to fit him a few times during the shoot because he came on at the last minute or he came up at the last minute. I'm not sure, but I definitely feel like it was in his trailer. Matthew Lillard, um, I think he might have been in L.A. I, I think I got some of his clothes from some uh, surfwear manufacturers in L.A. And then Randy, um, Jamie Kennedy, I think I feel like his fit fitting was in L.A because I put him in fresh jive. And so I was working with fresh drive jive on, um, uh, promos. So yeah. And then Tatum, I feel, she must've been in LA because we went to American rag or, uh, one of those stores. And I remember being on the third street promenade with her. Yeah. That's cool. So like, of like what you created, which of the guys did you like, like not actor wise, but just like of the characters that you styled, which did you like the best of the guys? Yeah. Definitely Stu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I just like that sort of groovy, loose knit. I'm cool. I got it going on, but I'm really insecure inside. Look. <laughs> yes. That really, it's like the like cool chill stoner who actually has like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was my he was the one that I was the had the bigger crush on when I was of younger. Of course, of course, right. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about earlier that uh you, you sketched a version of the killer, right? How do do you usually do a lot of sketching for costuming, even if you're going to like just go and get like a Versace suit or you know? Um it no. <laughs> just no <laughs> oh if, if, if so the way that i design i usually just sketch when i'm building something um when it's coming out of my imagination and if if i you know there have been some contemporary looks where i've purchased clothing and i I've, I've sketched the idea in my mind first but typically i'll um put a mood board together and use tear sheets and um pinterest and okay. like that cynthia you are on your shit like you are so good <laughs> also i i wanted you to say that you corrected me before we recorded about the gail's outfit that i love so much what color it's not green right no it's chartreuse chartreuse i'm gonna always remember that word now always remember that color and <laughs> that, that's the outfit that is versace right Yes. Um, but I do know that you, in that Nylon interview, you did mention you had a, a alternate Gale outfit. Uh, 
Yes. Talk about talk about that if you remember it. So I loved this outfit. It was um, I'm pretty sure it was another Versace, or it could have been Dolce, but I'm because it was bright orange. I'm I'm thinking it was probably Versace, and it was just this beautiful suit, um, similar to the Chartreuse one, but it didn't have as much hardware on it, and. I so wanted to use that on her, and um, I it just it just didn't fit the scene. Everybody preferred the red Moschino, which which I get it. It really it really works for where we go with that. Um, and of course, you know, I picked them, so I was fine with all of them. Oh, so that was was that going to be the alternate instead of the red? It was going to like you had the orange in mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like technically the movie isn't, it's what, three days, two days. So it's not like there's that many. There's not that many changes. Yeah. I, I yeah. think it's, it's two days. Not many people talk about the fact that Linda Blair. Oh yeah. Yes. And, um, and so I must've been, you know, I was pretty young when I saw the exorcist and uh, then the second part of the exorcist, the exorcist didn't scare me, but the second exorcist scared me to death. So I was terrified to meet and fit Linda. <laughs> and then she was just so sweet and so adorable. And I and I thought, wow, that is what acting is all about. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you brought her up because I was thinking, oh, like, because you do give her like a flashy print. Like it's like, I think red and white or whatever. Like the, it's or like a shimmery. Something? Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, I bet she had fun with that. She did. And you know what? That just reminded me. I haven't thought about this in years, but I think I still have the pants that she wore. And I think they were Christian Dior. And I love that. I think I think I still have them. Yeah. <laughs> the more so, you, you know. I know. I love it. One day I'm going to be like, how do I get to see all this? <laughs> all these exclusives for you guys. <laughs> Seriously. Did you also get one of the shirts so that I survived that like shoot? I know they, they said that it was like the longest shoot or whatever scene 118 right Scene 118 um i think so i don't have it any longer <laughs> how much is the blood when it's blood the way it's done with this where it like you know sydney's jacket is drenched by the end her denim is that you or is that costuming or is that like props it is no that's that's costume okay yeah and it, like you, I guess you have to take that into consideration with all those final outfits, right? Like how they're going to bleed. Yeah. So um, everything kind of has to be broken down and, and there are different stages for each of the costumes. So we have multiples. And the nice thing about Scream is, is if my memory serves me right, we actually shot it in sequence. So it was easier to track the blood. It wasn't like we had to go, okay, scene one, 10 and then right. <clears throat> and then shoot scene 110 and then go back to scene 94 hmm. and have clean costumes so i feel like it was sequential and so that was a lot easier but my set costumers were the ones applying the blood and keeping track of everything um you mentioned sydney's costume before but you do put her in a more like confident outfit uh what made what made you make that decision rather than like what you would put her in prior to the movie it just made so much sense. I mean, first she's going to a party. She she wants to look a little sexier, a little more grown up. She I think she pretty much has decided that she's going to be with Billy. Yeah. So there's that transition from girl into woman. And um 
And then, you know, taking into consideration what that costume needs to do and what that actor needs to do in the costume. That's always a huge consideration. Um, yeah. And a lot of people over the years have asked about the jacket, like, why a jean jacket? So many jean jackets. And um, you need jackets because the actors <laughs> have to be out in the cold. We have to, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to um, have special effects, squibs, you know, different things like that, padding. So we need layers. Yeah. So this whole like end, just like it's the like last, what, 40 to 50 minutes that take place at, at Stu's house. Um, do you have that location already like set in stone when you start coming up with these costumes for all these characters? And if so, do you, I don't know, do you, do you pair these costumes almost with the set as well? Yes. And no. So okay. um, a lot of times, like, we may not have seen a location locked in um, until after I've chosen the costumes. So that's why a costume designer is, is available for a first establish. So um, sometimes I'll go out on a location scout and I'll see what the location is, what the set looks like, but it doesn't really matter until it's dressed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, once it's dressed, I can make sure that my colors are going to work with their colors. But for the first established, it's like, I want to see the actor on set to make sure everything works, make sure, you know, I don't have two actors dressed the same, which rarely happens, but it did happen once early, early, early in my career. Um, and actually I only dressed one of them and long story. <laughs> long, painful story. But it was not your fault. <laughs> And, and so, yeah, I mean, all those things are taken into consideration and uh, the costume designer will usually work fairly closely with the art department and the production designer. I mean, every, everybody, we're all like this integral collaborative team where we're sharing what we're doing and making sure that it all works and it's all cohesive and, and it paints the picture and tells the story that we want to tell and show. I gotta, I, I mean, I know you talked about God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound like an uncultured gay man. Uh, is it Moschino? Moschino? Moschino. <laughs> God. It's okay. I learned, I learned in this recording, it's called Moschino. <laughs> um, so with the red outfit, you then put on, you paired it with a jacket for the end. Um, was that jacket like a fancy brand name? I don't remember. I feel like it was BCBG. And I feel like, um, I'm not 100% certain, but you know, sometimes I, I look at pictures like, that I have and, um, or see something online. And I'm like, why a gold jacket <laughs> with, with that red suit and, you know, those big white buttons. And I think that maybe we discovered that she needed a jacket and, and I don't know, maybe it was a last minute decision. Maybe I was thinking the gold leather jacket would go with the orange Versace suit, which would have been lovely. Um, and then she wears that leopard headband. So the headband, loses, yeah. Yeah. So the headband and the jacket kind of work. But um, man, I've always been a little curious about that jacket. I know I picked it out, but I don't remember much about it. Listen, I like it. I think it looks good. I, I li like, you know, because back then we could only watch it if it was on TV or if we got the VHS later. But I, I hadn't realized it was the same outfit until like later when I could rewatch the movie a bunch that like it's the same like she wears that when sitting her talk 
when she's outside the school, like that's what she's wearing. Um, so I, now I, but I, but I like it. And I think it's like the shininess looks good on camera. I think like the, whatever shimmer to the material. I, I do think it looks good. And I like the way the light hits it. And um, yeah, I, I, I love gold. So it, it, it works, but there are times when I'm like, oh, I wonder why I chose that. <laughs> you know, I think you said the same thing when we recorded about Buffy. You were like, sometimes I look at those outfits and I'm like, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I like most of them. There's a few I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> uh, but I do have to ask you, because everyone on our like social media was, is Tatum, what is Tatum's sweater? Is it? Is it is it also chartreuse or is it yellow or is it green? I mean, not sweater, but I think it's pale yellow. Okay, pale yellow. Okay, huh. is it? I don't know. You know, I haven't. Seen <laughs> you guys can pull up a picture, can you? I I think it is. I I can pull up a picture and put it in our chat. I yeah. was sure it was green, um, and then. There was a couple of people saying green, a couple of people saying yellow, and a lot of people saying chartreuse. So her outfit is actually really, really interesting in 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 this whole scene one eighteen because it does go hand in hand with her death, and it's a fun outfit. So what what I don't what what was your thought process on that one? I'm very curious about that now um, because it is such like a brutal death. Yeah, it's a brutal death. We all had. Sorry, my foot's falling asleep. We all. <laughs> Wow, we had a really hard time watching that scene. It was very emotional. Um, I was watching dailies with with the group, um, but it was it was brutal on set as well. And so the outfit, um, I think, what I remember about that is it had the colors, you know, the swirl. Um, so the outfit needed to be sexy and frisky and fun and go with her little white Doc Martin boots. And um, didn't she have a jean jacket on too? I think she had. No. A jacket on. I think they were pretty big in that day. Yeah, oh, they're back. Um, That's like all I wear. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find. If I could find a really soft one, I don't want a hard denim jacket. But anyway, so that's what I remember about that outfit, and and it was kind of her look because the look that she wears at school is so similar. You know, yeah. the class skirt with the little mock turtleneck. Do you display anything in, in any of your work throughout the years? Do you display stuff like that in your house or are you uh, put it in the closet and just leave it leave it put up type of person? It's in the closet, man. Oh, goodness. No, I'd be framing all of those sketches. Wall full well, of I, I did um, uh, at Buffy, like I had all my sketches framed in my office. Nice. I don't know if you can see these. Oh, nice. Those are nice. Yeah, that's so cool. Because um, I, I built so much stuff with uh, for Buffy. Cool. But, okay. So, I'm looking for... Here's here's a copy of my original sketch. Mm -hmm. Ah, cool. You know, you... For however long now, you know, you talk about this movie all the time. You talk about Buffy all the time. People ask you all the questions. How was it to dress this person, that person? And, you know... Uh, it just, it, I think it really is like, you may not see it, but it really is a testament to like your work, right? Because, you know, we're not, the, these projects don't just live on with, with the actors. We don't, we're not just talking about the actors. We're talking about it down to what they're wearing. And, you know, the, uh, the color of 
Tatum shirt, right? Like we're having debates about that. Like that's a legacy right there. And it's, it's so cool that you have, that that's yours. It's yours. Yeah. You should be really proud of that. Very proud of them. Very. And that's, Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud. And I definitely, um, this year, this past year and, and 2020, there was a lot of attention for both Buffy and Scream. And I'm, I'm honored. And, you know, all through the years, I, I received, um, you know, different, different emails and DMs and snail mail letters from different people, how, how the costumes moved them and, and changed their lives. And, and I never really got it until people really started coming forward on social media and, and telling me how my costume choices made an impact on how they chose to live their lives and how by seeing each of the characters, both in Scream and on Buffy, individualized and not dressing like um, the in crowd and just, just being so true to who they are and their personality that they felt that they could be true to who they are and, and their personalities. And it gave them, what I'm told is that it gave them the freedom to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I'm like, my work is done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, left, I left the industry um, for, for a lot of reasons. You know, I just wanted to try something new um, I was I was extremely burnt out and I wanted to do something that made an impact on the world and something where I could give back and and I have been searching for that for a while and it was really this year um, in a couple of the most recent podcasts that I realized that I did exactly what I wanted to do by costuming. And I, I was so humbled. And I think it was the um, Netflix interview where the girls were telling me this. And, um, and it, it made me appreciate the opportunities and the projects and the work that I've done and the people that I've been able to work with and the impact that I've had on other people to such a degree that I can't even touch, to such a degree that I'm thinking of going back into costume design. You should. I think well, you've done. You have a full resume of iconic looks that I think. I think you could snap right back into it again. You know. And when Zach and I do our movie, you will be the costume. You should be the costume designer. Absolutely. So you did. You did. You didn't do the other screen movies, right? Just this one. Okay. Well, I and not not to put any of the other ones down. I will. And I, I we love the franchise. Everything. Okay. There's all the props there. Um, but this one really does stand out when you talk about individuality in terms of the costuming because the other ones feel like they're kind of wearing the same clothes from film to film. There's like a leather brown jacket. Like Sydney's kind of always wearing the same thing, even in this new one. She looks like she was wearing the same thing from three and two, you know, and, you know, Gail is such like she's so lively, like she's such like a firework in this one. And the other ones they do while she's still the same character wise, uh, costume wise, I feel like they bring it down a little bit, you know, um, and and in this, you know, you have a couple iconic looks in one film like that's so damn cool. I was I'm not going to. 
coast. But yeah, it was, it's really, really cool. Thank man. you. You know, I really appreciate that. And when I design, I I take the character in, in mind and I design for the character and I'm not designing to make something look good unless it's supposed to look good. Yeah. Like, no, Gail is clearly supposed to look good. Um, Sydney does not always look good, but it's right for the character it's right for the scene and so and and even like so i've been doing creative direction and branding work and um the last couple of years well 10 years and what's really interesting about that is is it's it's the same premise you know we're i'm creating an identity a brand identity mm -hmm. or a uh character identity and i think it's really important to to take that into consideration and sort of like, you know, also when I was on Buffy and I would talk to a lot of um, different kids organizations and high schools and young women's associations. And um, it was during the heyday of Buffy. And, and so the trends were really right on the moment or just before they started to hit. And uh, so people would ask me what I thought about trends. And, and, and I was always like, you know, it, there is, it, you have to dress for who you are and your body and not every trend is for every body you know you have to take that in, to, into consideration mm -hmm. not everybody should wear white leggings <laughs> it's just a fact and um and so and so when i design you know i'm taking it there's so many things to consider so it's the character are these choices, is, this, is my vision going to work on the actor's body? Listen, hearing you talk about this, I mean, I think I can speak for both me and Zach. Like, we're, we dress the way we dress, but we're not big on, like, fashion stuff. So I find it so interesting hearing someone with like, your brain that is, like, knows all about it. Like, I find that so interesting hearing, like, how you build the character through their outfits. Like, I, I'm really, like, because it's, like, I would listen to you do a TED Talk on this. Like, you tell me how you style, like, shit. Like, I would love it. <laughs> because even, even, you know, like, two guys who aren't into fashion like us, you know, it still, like, seeps into our subconscious watching something yeah. and recognizing that we like this person and why do we like that person? Well, we remember their outfit, right? Or, you know, and that happens all the time. Was there ever... Was there ever a piece just throughout your whole career that you thought was really going to be a big hit or maybe like have a longer life that just didn't really hit? That I want to know both be sides a big hit. Yeah, that you thought was going to be a big hit that didn't really, you know, do it. And then is there one that you didn't but then was? Mm -hmm. So um, I never looked at anything that I was creating in terms of like, oh, this is going to be a big hit because I never designed with that in mind. If okay. I was designing a line of clothing, you know, a brand, right. maybe I would think in those terms, but I always designed from the heart and what was right for the show, what was right for the character. Um, I am very surprised that scream and buffy play so well to this day and that there's so many fans and that there's cosplay and um you know both in the straight world and the gay world i mean it's just in the world yeah. and, and um i think i think ian it was you that told me about casey becker yeah and i was shocked i had no <laughs> idea because i don't follow trends i'm not really on social media that much i post my stuff and and i walk away i don't scroll i can scroll for two seconds and then i'm done <laughs> Yeah. it's just not my thing and um yeah so i didn't know all of this was going on even when scream first came out i didn't know how popular it was 
because I was doing these movies in North Carolina and, um, you know, really didn't have access to TV. And I think we had computers back then. <laughs> it is funny talk. I mean, cause <clears throat> I am, you know, almost 40. So like I was, I was watching oh, TV and so stuff. Younger. I would never have passed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but like, I think about that a lot, right? Like when I've talked to a lot of people that have worked on shows or movies from back then, they're like, we didn't even know it was so popular because how were we figuring out? Like we did our job and then that was kind of it. Yeah, I, mean, I think, I think, so the, the woman that took over for me on Buffy, um, Terry Dresback, so she did like part of season seven and then she went on to do uh, yeah. Carnival and then she went on to Outlander. So she and I, met in oh my god if i say the year then whew, it was a long time <laughs> it was like one of my first films and we worked together on this project and oh my god i just loved her so much she was so much fun but we hadn't we hadn't connected in years and then we reconnected um via twitter a couple of weeks ago and it was really interesting to see because she has had social media Okay. And she was doing Outlander. So she's got like 45,000 followers and um, she's not designing anymore, but she definitely has a platform and she's using that platform and her voice and she's very powerful. And I think, wow, you know, I mean, what would it have been like? Would I have, would I have um, been on social media had I had it? Like when I was on private practice in Ringer, even social media wasn't, that was like 2007 to 2010. And then Ringer was 2011. It wasn't what it is now. And so yeah. it would be interesting. It would be interesting to do a show now with social media. Would I involve myself? Would I hire somebody? I don't know. Um, Cause again, it's not my thing and it just, uh, you know, whatever. But I think I think social media is very powerful and influential as we all know. God bless you. Thanks. And um, uh, I, I mean, look, you guys have your podcast. You guys have several podcasts, mm. and um, it's kind of really amazing. It's how we got connected. I re I remember I can remember how you and I got connected. Was I asked Twitter like, "What yeah. is the color of Buffy's jacket?" And someone tagged you, not just asked Cynthia, and then you responded, and that's how we met. Yeah, 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 that was pretty, that was fun. That was that teal jacket. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, I do have one last question for you. Sure. Taking out that the movie's already been done, how would you style Gail and Sydney in 2021 slash 2022 when it comes out? Like how, what would be your vision for styling them? So we haven't seen that much. The movie's been pretty tight about showing new clips. Like we've only seen them each in like one outfit. What would be your vision of how you would style them? The orange suit. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah, bring back the orange suit. Um, I would have to read the script. Um, <laughs> Fair. I mean, I really can't decide because I don't know who these women are now. I mean, what, what, when was the last Scream? Scream 4? Was that like 2004? 10? 2010, I think. Right, Zach? 10 or 11. It was 10 yeah. or 11. So 10, 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, so I, I couldn't even comment on that unless I had read the script. Well, Cynthia, this has been an absolute pleasure. It is always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah, thank you, you guys. This is this has been fun. I enjoyed it. All right, take care. You too. Bye. Bye.